Hello. 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 Sorry, I went so loud. I, I yeah. outdid your hello. That was weird because we we have already greeted each other today. Oh, you've shown the ropes. <laughs> supposed to make people think we just we just arrived here by magic. Um, this is the first podcast of the new year. I don't yeah. mean out of all podcasts. I mean just out of ours. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, I hope it's going really well for you. And um, and uh, so. <laughs> so should we do that thing where we actually say who we are and what this is? Because <laughs> we... I'm amazed that it might be anyone listening to this who's got no idea though. I'm Nick Doody. I'm Kerry Marks. This is our podcast. It is at the moment called Citizens of Nowhere. I like the fact it's called at the moment Citizens of Nowhere. Yeah. Um, not totally. I'm still net not totally sold on the title. You not? No, I think it um, aligns us with something that's become a political stance. Rather than rather than okay. uh, stepping away from that, which is what I thought was the idea of it. Yeah, <laughs> but I think originally when we we went with that, it was it was um, it's a reaction to something in May's speech, right? And uh, that she once said, and yeah, that's the reference, yeah, but... yeah. But that wasn't the, the full influence of choosing it. No, I thought it was a neat title. Yes, the nice word. We should call it at least Sisters of Nowhere with Nick Doody and Carrie Marks. Yeah, that would so help. Then we won't have to introduce searching. ourselves every week. <laughs> so people will find us when they search. Um, we were talking about a study that I, I, I sent to you, which I, I haven't read fully through, but I read a piece of. Um, I read through probably about a third of it or something. Um, and it was quite interesting because it's talking about the backfire effect. Okay. Um, What's the backfire effect? So the backfire effect is that uh, facts backfire, is why it's called that. So, uh, for example, saying that there were no weapons of destruction in um, in Iraq makes people who believe there were weapons of, of destruction in Iraq believe that there must have been weapons of destruction in Iraq. It backfires and people who are already polarised uh, and have got a view will stick to it even more. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of studies in psychology that, that seem to show that, aren't there? They're, they're, uh, basically that if you tell someone that what they think is wrong, yeah. That they don't go, oh, I'm wrong. They go, well, I I think I'm right. I think so particularly if we're suspicious about their reason for saying it. Do you know? Like if, if it's someone from the opposite political persuasion who's making the point, yeah. you might already think that they have a political bias that they're, and, and therefore you don't trust their information. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. So, so this is, it, it's uh, as everything on this podcast, it's on, along tribal lines. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's not like if you go. Actually, Julius Caesar was born in this year, not yes. that year. That you have you have no skin in the game there. But if you believe that capital punishment is a really good idea, yeah. Somebody showing you an article that says capital punishment is counterproductive, and the states in the US that have capital punishment also have higher murder rates. You will just find some way for that to back up. Your they idea. would think that they should. They 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 obviously yeah. so they're 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 biased, not me. So I will argue the case, yeah. right? Or I'll find an argument to stay with my ideology. And so there's been loads of studies showing that this backfire effect is a real thing. And this new study, um, with quite a large sample size, which I think is very important as well. I, I sent you a study the other day, I don't know if you saw it, but it, 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 I can't remember what it was. Before we but, go any further, can yeah. we explain the circumstances in which we're recording this? Is um, <laughs> this, is the new, this is January, we're both stand-up comics, so most of what I've been doing for the last couple of weeks is tax. Yeah. And most of what I've been doing for the last 
few hours is drinking. <laughs> because because he was avoiding his tax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm uh, maybe not as sharp as I would like to be. For, no, I uh, try to catch up with you by bunging down a drink on as empty a stomach as I can manage. But thanks, man. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. So it might be that. Uh, well, we're, we're not going to listen to this back, are we? Because other people... <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Imagine how much free time you would have to have. To go, I'm going to listen to my own podcast that I was there for the recording I don't want of. <laughs> ever be that vain. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did a radio show last night, we got a radio show for Radio 4 with uh, Rich Hall about the first 100 days of Trump. And that was fun. And that, But that's been like my last 72 hours of been reading about, researching, writing and recording that. And then afterwards... Going out for drinks, yeah, and then having to tidy someone's flat until five a.m. for reasons I'm not going to go into, um, and then yeah, today we're going to. I kind of feel like you're going to it now. All right, um, Phil Nickel, friend of the show, Phil Nickel. I don't know if he's a friend of the show, but <laughs> friend of the show. Yeah. He's not a friend we've known for years. Yeah. This show that's only been going for a short while. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to speak to the podcast out there. <laughs> Uh, our friend Phil Nickel is away. Every, in, everyone we've ever met is now a friend of the show. Is away in Canada, and his uh, girlfriend Yuriko Kotani is away in Japan. And while they're away, they said, uh, oh, "Hey, you know, if you want to use our to, flat for anything, to tidy our flat. <laughs> if you want to use our flat for to practice mopping, do that." And there's a load of hiding out. If you what we do did that. in the end was not really use a flat except one night after after I recovered my DVD, we brought, just went round for a poo. Well, we share. <laughs> Myself and my wife share a flat with someone else, and we had this spare flat, so we brought people back to Phil's flat and just left it <laughs> like a party had happened to it. Right. And so this last is how night, he's going to find out. Real, like, no, no, no. <laughs> he knows this way. But uh, last night we went and like basically scrubbed and cleaned his entire flat until like five a.m. Right. And then today I went out for a roast and I had a bit of drink. So I, I am, uh, yeah, I'm not at my sharpest. <laughs> Good. So let's discuss this. Uh, <laughs> This, this this complicated. <laughs> it's not complicated, and I wasn't going to say anything compli- complicated about it. Only that the study has a little bit of a nicer feel to it. In, in that they they've looked at those other studies and they had a large sample size. What I was going to mention is that other one I sent to you, where uh, I, th- I think sample size matters to me quite a lot, sample and it's and a good sample. Important. It's not yeah. just any sample. It's got to be a good sample, but. Um, but there was a study the other day of teachers to find out how racist they are. It was a study they choose, chose two oh, teachers, yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> <laughs> and then true conclusions. That's like who's in the car on the yeah, way yeah. to the study. Turns out everyone's racist. Yeah, <laughs> these two teachers. It's like those kind of studies where they uh, they do one on the street. They discover that one hundred percent of people on the street will stop to answer questions. <laughs> that thing, and I, I do remember. Or one hundred percent of the people who stopped will answer questions. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Clarity. Yeah, so yeah, we, we carried out a study outside Waitrose. Uh and we found that everyone who stopped was on the way to Waitrose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I no, I remember I, I do vaguely remember you sending me that and I read it and thought that's not a study. No. No, it's not. it doesn't count. They're just using the it's language. Got to be a minimum number. We conduct a study between literally. You could just give two names <laughs> between Michael Phillips. And yeah. First of all, I want to see the study that says you only need two people for a study, and then then yeah. I'll then I'll read the other study. But then, they, but they represented it as though it was one, didn't they? Yeah. We found. That's the laziest thing I think I've ever yeah. seen. And and also the thing they were judging the teachers on had so many questions in it. Yeah. 
anyway, yeah. Yeah, there's probably just a couple of mates of theirs. Probably someone never even left the house, you know, to, to their housemates and teachers. Oh, there's my homework done. So what, what, what was the, what was so the that, finding of that study? <laughs> I can't remember. what. Teachers I mean, I didn't, are more racist than you I think. I didn't feel like I could learn much from it. No. So I didn't really bother. Just noted That's noted like when it. you, you know, when you Soon read, I saw the sample size, I kind of turned you know, off in the metro, people are really suspicious of their boss, especially their boss is female. And it turns out that the study was A, sponsored... <laughs> By like Fosters or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got some new ad campaign. I found it amusing. There was uh, someone posted they they googled the question "Who lies the most, men or women?" and right. Google came up with two studies. <laughs> One study said uh, men lie more than women. Study proves blah blah. blah. And then just below it, there's uh, women lie more than men. <laughs> study proves. But it was, what was fun was I, I opened the one that said women oh, men lie more than women. And it turned out for this study, they they asked them, <laughs> they they asked men and they asked women who lies the most, and they went, well, women lie the least because they've said so. According to women, <laughs> yeah. That's like, there's a brilliant uh, Onion headline years ago: Bush not liar, Bush says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> this was a reality of that. It's, it's, it's called Epimenides paradox. Who or what? Uh, You're not that drunk, are you? Epimenides. So educated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All, all Cretans are liars, says Epimenides, the par- the Cretan. Right. And that's that, you know, it's okay. the obvious, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same, yeah. you know, this yeah. sentence is false. Yeah. <laughs> so the so the study that was um, uh, on the backfire effect, the new one, big sample size, so we can trust it a little bit. Uh, and, and what they're finding is that when confronted with hard facts, people will change their mind, which might seem obvious in a way but actually lots of other studies have said against that and that the backfire effect exists and it's not it's not your experience in the world is it you don't find oh this facebook thread has completely changed since i no we don't see people changing their minds and i think sometimes you can get the feeling that that nothing will actually take people away from the views that they already have ideological views now they might still but they won't in a way like okay so religious people will stay religious no matter what you you find yeah you know but it, that's only because you can't prove there isn't a god, right? When it comes to other things, like you can't but, prove there aren't weapons of mass destruction. That's the, I mean, that's the biggie on religion. But I found, like, with my family, my family's stances on things like gay rights have changed over time. Right. I think that there is. Yeah, but okay. Look at that. Most religions have changed. Most Christianity has changed over time. Sure, you don't get. Uh, it might be a problem with having um, female priests and so on, but. Um, but even then, that, that's that, that. I reckon that will change. It's it's religions have adapted quite a lot to uh, to modern times, and, and yeah, and that's how they survive. Yeah, I think. if yeah, if your religion just if if your religion is absolutely wedded to the idea that the earth is flat, there's just going to come a point when just some photos are going to really ruin it. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's different with religion because that there's things people have chosen to buy into. Full stop. It's it's not the same as a political argument. No, it's not, and it's not. It's not even the same as a set of rational positions. It's yeah. a culture. Yeah. I I, mean, I, I got a, a friend of mine said they'd like to hear more about um, me and my losing my religion. And this might not be the podcast for it, but uh, we'll song, go to mate. it. You're getting mixed up with the song now. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Kind of? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing that I think is hardest about losing religion is that you're losing a culture and a group and an identity. 
it's not because it it's not that difficult to realize that evolution is almost certainly true yeah and you know the earth is more than six thousand years old not not that those were big flags for me but yeah you know what i mean you, you you kind of think well if your religion teaches this and just show you it's not true and then bang there goes your religion but that that isn't really what religion is to people it's it's who they are it's their identity and the thing that was hardest for me i think was the idea i was like betraying my family and betraying my upbringing and causing hurt to the people who raised me and that that was the hardest shit about giving yep. catholicism for me it wasn't the idea that 2000 years ago this happened and now there's a being of this kind and you know that, what, that I, wasn't the hard stuff yeah. to, to disavow myself of it. it what was hard was turning around to my family and going i'm not going to go to church i don't believe this anymore that was that was really hard you know i actually taught in a jewish school for a while on a on a sunday when i was uh probably like mid to late teens for a, for a little bit um now how old would i have been 14 to maybe 16 i would teach in this school and i, 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 yeah. I taught i had to read, read hebrew um which i was pretty good at back then and uh do you, really... you read hebrew now um, yeah, I'd struggle a bit more than I, I used to. Little about like my Japanese, like I can sort of sound yeah, it probably. out. And the, yeah. yeah, yeah, my 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 Hebrew sounded like your Japanese. Yeah, for um, <laughs> for exactly the same. <laughs> that was that sounds Hebrew to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I, I yeah I I kind of suddenly just found atheism. I can remember it happening. I, I, I can remember just the relief of it all as well because I just knew that yeah. I was that everything I was talking about, teaching, everything else was absolute nonsense to me. That's really interesting. And it, and it was it was oh that's what I've always found with, with the enjoyment of, of science and rationality is it's uh, when people talk about spirituality and I, I I get a genuine spiritual feeling from hard facts and knowledge and uh, looking a spi- at, like a spiritual feeling. I, I'd say it's equivalent. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just as exciting to look up at stars knowing what they are as looking up at them thinking of some irrational explanation for them and getting guess, as excited yeah, by I, that. I, I get something similar. I don't know if I'd use the word spiritual, but... Um, I, I mean more than just pure fact. I mean something that's actually soul Yeah, based, yeah, yeah. You know? No, no, absolutely. I, I, I think I do know what you mean. And I, uh, I don't want to ruin the word, but like mysticism. Yeah. When... Uh, if you read like mystic poets or whatever, there's there's just a thing they're getting from the world which is blowing them away. It's yeah, it's, it's a feeling, feeling of wow, of, yeah, yeah, a feeling of awe and feeling simultaneously infinite and tiny at the same time. I I absolutely get that. Yeah, from science and from considering the universe and from from any new understanding that I have of how things are. even really really um, really abstract stuff like uh, do, 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 um factorial means in maths I'm like five factorials five times four times three times two okay times four. yes I do I've got this app on my phone <laughs> at the moment just right? keep putting it that way <laughs> yeah yeah right where uh, there's this thing of you're trying to solve problems and you've got five factorial times four factorial but when you there's this really elegant thing you can do where you just break them down to what that means yes and it's just really clever and it's witty almost yeah 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 does that yeah, make yeah. sense yeah. if I say it's witty yeah uh, I get the same from chess, right? A, a really, really elegant chess solution. I will laugh. I will have like a laughter yeah. impulse. I've heard you just laughing your head satisfying. off for no reason that I can possibly yeah. understand. <laughs> staring at a chessboard. It's, it's strange to other people, but I'm very happy for yeah, you. Yeah, but it, it's it's really, it's actually kind of similar to comedy. Yeah. And it's, it's like, we're not making sense. We're suddenly making sense in an unexpected way. 
but also the facts are so big, you know. The oh, facts they're are, huge. When you, when you, I mean, I can't, they're huge. <laughs> they're, ah, let me tell you. Compared, compared, feeling small compared to God is one thing, you know, and I can mm. understand that kind of spirituality. There's something massive and it's got meaning and it's point, but also lack of meaning is just as exciting. There, there might be something that's just come out of nowhere that the size of the universe is, is, is and then beyond that and, and possibilities as well that you can have that the religion restricts, if anything. So that science yeah. is, is unlimited. There could be we, we can indulge in uh, in the creative thinking of, of multi universes of uh, of how small things might get to tiny particles inside particles and so on, and that there might be uh, worlds within those that we, we don't even know. We, we can speculate and and yeah. and the idea that there might be life in the universe and what what it might be like, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. To I, me, I, that I, I that is had... where the awe is. It's like wow, anything. I've had true. a really powerful um, like image of me age probably 12 or something 12 13 lying in the bath looking at my body and i just as long read, you're the only one with that yeah, image yeah. that's okay and I, I i just read uh nausea by jean paul sartre right. and and that's as a big kind of existentialist novel and there's a lot of bits in the novel where he has things like it's about not really understanding what he is in the world, like, like so, before existentialism was there was essentialism, which is the idea that everything just must be the way it yes, is. Yeah. That there's this idea, like the Platonic ideal of like a cone or all those mathematical ideals, but also the ideal that uh, what you are in the world is some version of an ideal. Mm-hmm. And existentialism is going, no, you just exist. You exist yeah. in this dirty kind of real physical kind of lumpy way. And in nausea, there's a point where he, he's looking at I think a rock or a tree something like that and he starts to feel uneasy and he suddenly realises he doesn't know whether he feels uneasy about the rock or himself and the fact is they just you both just exist and you don't have to exist there's no reason for you to exist right. and I remember being like me 12 years old really the rock's making him uneasy no he doesn't he doesn't know he can't tell the difference between the rock's existence and his own existence really and He's an idiot. Sorry, mind. but <laughs> <laughs> that's a basic thing for humans to know, isn't it? That is the rock. Well, no, okay, about, I am not the rock. Therefore, I must be me. About the necessariness of, of either existence. Yeah. And I remember just being like, bearing in mind that I was raised religious, so I'm, I'm taught that everything's for a reason, and you know, I'm yeah. created by God. I'm just looking at all the veins in my body and going, I have no control over any of that. This yeah, is yeah, not yeah. me. I, I, I didn't do any of this. I'm just this accidental. And that felt very weird and uneasy. And I remember for years having that. And when I became an atheist, I think when I embraced the fact I don't believe any of that, all of that was just normal now. Yeah. Whereas the tension between that and the idea that I have a soul or I, you know, the right way to behave is taught to us by an... I was, I was tiny and I was bothered by the idea of eternity, that, that things can go on forever and so on. What's, yeah. what's at the end of the universe? What's beyond that? Blah, blah. And I, I don't know what age I was. I just remember being very small. My brother, who would later on become, he would uh, marry very religious um, Orthodox and right. and would become very Orthodox and, and went the other way. But back then he was like... Uh, studying science and everything and everyone else at that time was giving me religious explanations for for all the right. puzzles I, I was confused by as a child and and then he said he sat me and just told me how there's things we don't know we, we don't know yet and there's all these possibilities and then suddenly right. I got really and i remember that feeling of being excited that uh that the definites were actually the puzzle 
You know, these definite answers that it is this, there is a God. It, it, the oh, universe, like the religious there, We are in the middle of it. So yeah, that, that certainty. Um, yeah. And I think, I think once you see that those aren't real answers, I don't think you can step back from that. Also, it's nice to lose that importance. How lovely to discover we're not actually in the middle of the universe and that everything isn't revolving around us and we're not that important. Yeah, sure. That's a great thing. But do you, do you take my point I, I, in the, the sense that the thing that was the answer to everything, yeah. God, once you realise that's just putting the question off with yes, magic. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. I think once you absolutely see the problem with that answer... You'll I, never, you'll never go back to. But that's because I cannot can relate be to the mindset that will settle on God. Do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I, I can accept that with other people, and I, I, I don't want to criticize people's religious beliefs, but I can't get myself into that mindset where I can go, "Oh, I've got an answer now. I'm just leave it." You know, solved. You know, I, on on a social level, I don't want to criticize people's religious beliefs. On a rational level, I absolutely do want to criticize. A people. bunch of cunts, aren't they? <laughs> They're not, but it, does, it doesn't work. It doesn't work as an answer. You so I'm just, I'm just leaving. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? So someone, someone will point to the gap and go, "Well, how do you explain when matter that wasn't alive became matter that was alive?" Mm-hmm. And they go, "Ha ha! You can't answer that." Well, I, I, I you know, it probably was, but there may not, there may not be a way of knowing exactly how it happened. Yeah. But if your answer is because God did it, you haven't answered it. Yeah, yeah. You've just you've just called the problem something else. It's also funny to focus on a gap when there's so much that's filled in. You know, you. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I always think it's funny with uh, there was some some it was some while ago in a car journey with another comic, and I wouldn't even say who anyway. But he was he was arguing for the uh, about the um, uh, the gap in in our history. You know, uh, in evolution uh, and mankind's history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which for any gap, there's a gap that's gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. And, and yeah, any, yeah, yeah. Any, we're working on it, right? Yeah, totally. We're doing really well. <laughs> and if you put it in perspective with with, with the, the lack of gap for so many other creatures where you can see the entire lineage, you know. Um, and also, even if you just took the gap in for, for our lineage, it, it would lineage. be like... For lineage. Well, obviously I meant that. Yeah. Um, I expect people to do a bit of work themselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so let's, let's say you got a de- what, what it feels like to me is like there's a detective. Yeah, there's a detective who's found uh, there's a dead body here. Uh, there's uh, the, the neighbour has got uh, motive for doing it. Has said he's going to do it. Was recorded on film saying he's going to do it. Okay. There's, there's footprints in the snow that go all the way around to the house. There's uh, the break in the window. There, there's the weapon which has got the neighbour's fingerprints on and so on. And I feel like the gap thing is where someone says, uh, "Yeah, but." There's one of the footprints missing over here. Right. Go, oh, we've got everything else. What do you need? He hopped once. <laughs> he might have just hopped. <laughs> Maybe just some. So it's under a tree and some big snow fell there. Come on. I remember. I remember really early on. I remember when I was still religious. When I was, I was a kid. Uh, my granny. I used to live with my granny. I, I remember her saying that she couldn't imagine how someone could live not believing in God. Yeah. And I remember even when she said it, thinking as a kid. That's an argument against your argument. Well, also, how many? How come people do, don't do notice you know, how many do people I mean? do live without believing in God and, and use that as their argument? And you say, well, well, I didn't clearly know, I didn't know at the time. I had no idea of like a happy atheist. I, I just thought there was people with despair in their hearts who didn't understand. Yeah. But when she when she said that, I remember thinking, well, you've you've just basically explained your. I didn't know the phrase motivated reasoning at the time. But you've just explained why it's really uncomfortable for you to think away. But that, to me, discredits your thinking. 
Um, you know what I mean? Like, like I, 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 could, I couldn't, I couldn't live with the idea of my wife's having an affair, no matter how many other men's right. pants I find in her bag. <laughs> oh well, that's a weird example. <laughs> you know what I mean? That she, she's, she's, she's telling you how unpleasant she would find a conclusion. She does work in a men's pants shop. Comes home with a lot. Of... I spring a fucking work home with her. <laughs> so she claims. <laughs> men's pants shop. <laughs> There was a bag. She's loads of bags of pants. I wonder why. I wonder why so this was never an him. example given by Dawkins. If it to... <laughs> I, don't know, I, I was going to say to be fair to that view, though, of, of saying someone who can't imagine someone living without God. I, I honestly can't imagine living with God. So that's, that's fair enough. But that doesn't mean I don't. I can't understand that people do, though. Well, I can imagine because I did, and also my family do. I did as a child. I, be- I believe in all kinds of things. But so I can imagine adult, to that extent. I can't imagine it as me. I can't imagine it as an adult. I can't imagine uh, having that as a, a, a requirement to feel place in life or importance. Or I can't even imagine the need to feel that there is a point, that there is a reason why we exist. And that's an argument a lot of religious people that use. Is, right? If you don't believe, the then shop, what's the reason why we're here? And that's, like, that's everywhere, though. Like, well, well, then what? Why are we here? Which is, to me, just a... It's just a that's just a category error. Like, yeah. Why, why do you assume there's a reason? Yeah. If you go like, well, okay. or even a reason that we could understand as a reason, the the the, the, the human uh, intelligence reached a point that where it would make sense to us. It may be well beyond our reasoning. Whatever, yeah, whatever yeah, actual that, explanation I mean, there is. I mean, that of course is the thing. I'll tell you the thing I really like about uh, Richard Dawkins, um, despite my many problems with him. Uh, when he's asked, even really. Uh, hostile interviews in things like Fox News or whatever, when they point out a gap, he'll just go, we're working on it. Yeah. He doesn't... Sometimes I... Which of I, course is what he has to say, but... Sometimes I feel like his arrogance um, kind of defeats getting the subject, getting the point across for, for people who disagree with him. And I, 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 kind, of, I kind of want people who have a platform with, with any view I have to be selling it well so that anybody who disagrees will, will hear it. But yeah. sometimes I like that about him as well. There, there was a lecture we, we saw. I, I, um, I, 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 do you remember there was a lecture we I'm sure you came along for me. Um, uh, was it in London? I'm sure it was in London. There was a... Uh, and it was a woman talking about oh, embryos Alice Roberts, and stuff. Dr. It was uh, Alice, Dr. Roberts, Alice Roberts. Was. And it was, a great, it was a great talk. Now, I'm... I'm fishing through my memory here to remember that someone shouted at, at one point asked a question when Dawkins was on stage it was towards the end during the question oh, yeah, and, answers. Yeah, yeah. and about what do we tell children I think it was about things like Father Christmas and stuff like that and he was talking about truth sure. and, and they said yeah, yeah. what do we tell what do we tell children and I thought alright this is going to be a different one because they're children we've got to recognise their need for the magic and everything else and he, but he was no hesitation just stepped off the microphone told them the truth and thought, everyone applauded because uh, yeah why not why not? I thought, you know I, thought I, I, I quite I, like his I, certainty I think sometimes. It's pretty magical already. You don't need to make extra magic for it. Yeah. And my, my parents. I think they're still happy my, for my presents come. Told me Father Christmas. We got that from the culture. Yeah. And then I yeah. I, I remember my uh, remember my dad said to me, "We never." Well, my dad claims to believe in Father Christmas anyway, but my, my mum I think going, "We never told you that. You just you, you brought it back from the world." Oh, the wanted... world, blame the world. Yeah, well, you went out to the world and you came up with the first Christmas thing. And I remember you, whatever age I was, you know, still being awake and yeah. you know, my parents putting things in the stocking at the end of bed and me going, night Santa, just knowing it was my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and 
<laughs> my parents go, Night. I remember keeping it going for a while after finding yeah. out. Yeah, you don't want to lose presents, do you? No, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the uh, Robin Ellis has a lovely routine about his his uh, baby son, not baby son, his infant son, kind of suddenly getting that Santa Claus isn't real and starting to say it and then stopping halfway through because <laughs> he suddenly goes, oh, hold on, <laughs> do, I, do I lose the presents? Is this a weird magic thing? Yeah. But I mean, I still, to this day, I love Christmas. I love, I have I have all the same feelings about Christmas I did as a, as a kid, but I don't. Really? Do you still put a stocking on the end of your bed? No. <laughs> no. Okay, Leave stuff out for, the, for Father Christmas. Um, that is a fault of my wife. <laughs> I can take or leave it. I quite, I quite, yeah. I, I like some of the stuff going on, but I, I don't need it. I could quite happily uh, not bother. Yeah, I, I guess for me it's a thing. I, I'm from a much bigger family than you, and it was very, obviously, a very Christian family. And, yeah. Uh, and Christmas is a big thing, and so that's kind of a magical time of year. And, but I still get those feelings. I, you know, I'm an adult now, but that that's there for kids in my life, and I, I really enjoy that. Right. But I don't feel the need... To, I, I don't make up weird lies about it. <laughs> Kirstie's dad, when my wife's dad, used to do a thing of... And he was he was a physicist, right? He was a, a physics teacher. The most rational man in the world. And <laughs> on Christmas Eve, he would physically bite a carrot and leave it as a clue that the reindeer had been <laughs> for the children. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that sort of uh, silly, mystical kind of story that we tell kids. It's part of the magic. But if we didn't do that, it would still be great being a kid. Yeah, yeah. And plus, we know they're going to grow out of that. We know they're going to yeah, grow yeah. up and realise that's not actually what happened. Yeah, and, and the fa- well, when you're not religious, you at least don't have that skin in the game. You don't go, oh, when they realise Santa's not real, what next in this Domino's? <laughs> I suppose the difference between when we when we started this then about talking about which facts will sway people away from their opinions and which mm. ones aren't and uh, and a magical one like that I suppose is quite easy. I remember when I was a kid, my uncle told me that he he got um, I must have been quite young, probably about seven or eight or something, but he'd uh, he'd had a phone call. Oh no, I got a phone call from Charlie George, a footballer. Okay. Right, which was odd, and uh, he just rang me out of the blue on my birthday. Charlie George. <laughs> yeah. Sure, that's his name, wasn't it? Yes. I've no idea. Yeah. Wrong person. Pretty soon. Um, it was. He, he rang, rang me up. Uh, George Best? No, I'm pretty, pretty sure okay. it's Charlie George. Is it, why have I got the wrong ear? I, no, 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 no. no you got me, you got me wondering whether my brain's put a different I'm sure uh, you're right. reference on this. Um, he invited me to a game, and so I went along with all my friends to see a football game, and, uh, and we had outfits and everything arrived and that. And I, I believed and for, for some years that I was a friend of this famous footballer. Um, but it turned out it was my uncle who'd made the phone call and, was, and he, he said it up, which was a sweet thing to do. Yeah, that's lovely. You know, and I, I believed I was a friend with a, someone very famous for a while. But <laughs> what, one like that was, was <coughs> it, it actually took me a while, even after I found out the truth, to believe. I remember hanging on to that belief, which was totally did, irrational. Did you ever have that, a thing that, of uh, telling other people the story? Yes. And then later realising you told them a Yes, oh yeah, I told oh, loads yeah. of people. I told everyone. I was really proud of the fact. I... I, I'm, I through just remembering a name wrong. <laughs> this is the stupidest story. I remember telling my friends, my friend and his family, that I was related to Dennis Healy. 
Actually, this is not no, no, you know the conservative former Chesterton. Where did that come from? Uh, I'm Dennis, Dennis Healy Dennis ring you on your birthday no. and invited to see some Dennis politics. Dennis Tiri, the newsreader, was like my grandma's cousin or something. Like that. And I, I, just, I didn't know who any of these people were. So I, just, I remember my friend's mum, Mrs. Beaumont. Well, ooh, we're not knowing who the fuck is. <laughs> Almost boasting. <laughs> like, That's not even knowing what you're boasting to a about. Man <laughs> in no way connected with. <laughs> but there you go. Facts changed you on that, on on all the religion, yeah. right? You, I suppose, some people seek facts, and want facts. Yeah. And we've talked about it before, but it, I quite like finding out that I'm wrong about something. And uh, I do too. It's, it's, a, it's a major thing. For me, I, I, can you, all right, can you name me a thing that you think you used to believe that you now don't believe, and can you... Of something major? Uh, yeah, like, is, is there a moment in your life where oh, you... There's been loads of little things, of so certainly politically, if, if I hear some oh, good sure. facts about something, so, so uh, I'm trying to think of one that's relevant offhand, I can't really, off at the moment... I, th- I think I can be politically swayed one way or another if, if someone's got some good hard facts on a thing, I, you know. I'm generally going to be against war, but if you convince me that people are... That wasn't a good example at all. Actually, exactly. I can't think of one where that's happened, where I've suddenly become pro-war. I, I can think of a lot from childhood. I can, I can think of um, being absolute, easy, yeah. absolute, absolutely taught as a fact that homosexuality does not exist in nature. Right. And okay. discovering in my... Like maybe even 20s, not even late teens, that that's just not at all true. After you shagged a horse... Yeah, because <laughs> it does now. And I find it, I find it was a male horse. <laughs> um, but those things, you know, being taught right as part of kind of kind of kind of the panoply of beliefs that you get. I suppose even given. this even this study we started started talking about um, my natural cynicism to some extent when I read that the, there's a backfire effect. I thought, well, of course there is. You know, of course people yeah, yeah, um, yeah. are partisan and, and won't change their views no matter what the facts. And then when I read this study saying that actually they do. I'd, I'd want, but I, I'd, I want to read the study properly and see... Uh, I think you, you had a quick glance and said there's a few flags and that which I'd look at. But I would then, if it's a good study, I would then switch instantly and say, okay, so the latest... But it doesn't mean I now believe that's now the, the, sure, the fact yeah, yeah. of people. I think the latest study says that actually facts do work. So That's, that's a really good example, actually. As a, so as first, a rationalist maybe, myself, yeah. um, I, I was pretty comfortable with the idea that people don't respond to facts. Yeah. So... If you now show me a thing that says, "Oh no, they do," that actually is quite a big load of assumptions that that might overturn. Yeah. So I am I. If I'm honest, I am resisting that as a study. I don't know. I quite I, like. You know, I quite like. I think it probably is true, this. but I think it's, I think it's got to be facts on a that they are they're indisputable, and I don't think that necessarily changes people's political sway. Yeah. Um. But I I I actually have quite. A, a reasonable amount of faith in humanity. I think. I don't think I'm. I'm. I'm cynical on some issues, but I don't. I don't think I'm overall cynical about. I think people. How do you most mean... people, I believe, want to do the right thing and want the world to be good. And I think sometimes we see the world as so polarized, but actually, it's people who have different views about how to go about something uh, to make the world good. Oh, okay. That, that, it's, it's like if, if you, you say, say you have faith in humanity, that's not what I would take as that meaning. Uh, I mean that I think people are overall good and desire to be well, to, pe- to do pe- good. People and putting the right yeah, situations yeah, sure. will do good. You know, okay, 
I think people are more that, generous that, in the if you create the right circumstances right. for generosity. If, that, if you create circumstances not, for selfishness, then people will be selfish. Um, is that not testable? Uh, I'm sure it has been tested. That, I don't know. Okay, we're, we're talking about being left wing or right wing. You know, with some things you go, well, can't we just test it and see which is right? And some things are not like that. Some things yeah. are, are not just opinions that they're like, well, neither of them is totally right. And Okay, but when we're talking about, I'm talking about more about, I guess, motive of people. So, for example, oh, sure. let's take something like, I'm going to use this as an example. Let's say you take something like Donald Trump and whether he's he's committed to acts of harassment or not. Okay. Okay. So there there is no definite facts on it. He has um, confessed that he has basically, but then he lies and, so and late, much and, that and, works and later against said him. That he, yeah, he did say that. Oh yeah, well, yeah we, we can't believe very much that he's. I mean, Trump. Okay, but really what, bad example. But in looking, no, I'm going to I'm going to use an example in this sense. In, in that, um, I think we see people disagree with us as as, as potential damage, and uh, we see hate often where it isn't. So I would say that I would be. Yeah. I would say we could look at Trump supporters, which um, which I would say is different to people who voted for Trump. Um, in fact, let's take the whole gamut of people who voted for Trump because they just didn't choose Hillary, or because they're Republicans, as opposed to people who are fans of Trump. Mm-hmm. All right, take the whole the whole lot together, um, and they will make arguments. Um, which might seem that they're, they're allowing of his um, uh, the way he treats women, okay? But actually, mm-hmm. if you look at their arguments, the vast majority of them will be set, will be arguing that there isn't enough evidence that it, it, this could be said about any president to knock them off their perch. Um, but there must be what we don't look at: how many people actually voted at him, voted for him because he harasses women, right? Ha! Now that would be a really small number. The majority of people in in all the arguments going on at the moment over harassment, so the majority of people are against it. They're only arguing over what it is what, and how we define it. Harassment, harassment, yes. No, no, there's no one saying, no, yeah, I think I it's good that harassment. So. No one's saying, I would vote for a president who grabs women by the pussy, right? What I'm saying is that there are very few people in our society. I agree with his economic policies, he does not harass enough women. I don't, I don't agree with him on anything except the fact that he harasses women, so I will vote for him. Um, I'm saying there are very few people who actually vote, who, who are actually in that real hate or extreme category. Sure. Most people want good, and they they will justify things to are, believe they, they are they good. Feel that way, right? They, they don't feel like, I hate women. I, I assume mostly. I, well, if you look through Twitter, and you can see all these extreme polarized views and extreme views, but there's very few people actually writing that. Yeah, no, I hate women. And they deserve everything they can get. Like, I'm know, glad they're harassed. I'm glad they're upset. There's very few of those. We have, we haven't got this up yet. I've not podcast, seen any of those. We will again, I'm sure, because it's an amazing sketch. Do you know the? Uh, uh, the uh, great sketch, like, are we the baddies? You know that sketch. Um, the German sketch. What was it? For? I can't remember what that was in. Everyone, everyone listening to this right now, got yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, come on, the... remember the name? Like, the... yeah, you did sketches with I them when you were remember students. seeing that sketch. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was uh, Mitchell and Webb. It was Mitchell and Webb. Yeah. And they have a sketch. And, the and they have a sketch. It's, the, it's the Nazis, and they're just going. To... It just occurred to me. Like, are we the baddies? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at our uniforms, yeah. the skulls, and and why that's such a lovely sketch is because it's really true, right? Yeah. Nobody considers themselves. We the don't baddies. want to be the baddies, and we look through. I mean, people justify the necessity of uh, torture uh, if they believe right. that, but you don't hear many people saying, "No, I just think it's good to torture people," right? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I'm. Or yeah, we hate, hate them. They're awful. They they have to come up with a justification. Yeah, yeah. I think that justification says a lot about humanity. I think it shows that 
people want to at least feel they are good. And you look at, uh, when you talk about um, sexual harassment and so on, it, it, if someone sexually harasses or, or rapes in a, in a movie, that's the bad guy, or they're, or they're mostly being set up that we can now justify them getting badly hurt later on in the film, yeah. right? Because sure we do. That, actually, but, um, okay, I'm only making the argument. No, I think no, no, overall no, I, people's I, desire I is to be good. I think thing, that. But, um, I, I think we, we differ on how to go about being good and what we think good is. But I think yeah. people want. I think people's in their hearts. There's. I I, I think people who torture or who condone torture uh, don't ever want to really. But the main reason they don't want to, if you're someone who's already, already in that area is because you have a group of people around you who you need to justify yourself to. I, I think there's a social reason that people are not... Are you saying that the arguments are just for other people, but really in their... Well, kind of. The love social moral stuff is really because of the group you're in. Like, the... I don't know, because I think the anonymity of the internet is we're seeing a lot of people say what they actually think in a way that's often quite disturbing to yeah. us but it's also quite interesting because whilst people are a lot nicer face to face than they are on the internet um <laughs> at the same time seeing the worst of people it's not as drastic as you might expect either no that's true. There, there you could get loads of people going no you can discount right. so many of them like they're kind of all right shit you can just go ah, fuck off like yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, people are just idiot trolls and you Yes. Now, now, I don't mean to diminish the effect of hundreds of thousands of those people attacking you. That must be horrible. Yeah. But you don't... Those attacks are idiocy. Just to finish my thought, like, yeah. whilst that's horrible, you don't go away thinking maybe they've got a point. No. You just think away, like, like obviously I want to shut up because why would I stand in the fucking middle of a wasp? <laughs> you know, it's horrible. Yeah. But that you don't go. Oh, they make a good point. Yeah, so they're fucking. Into... And uh, so our friend Matt, who we were with earlier, uh, had a a discussion on Facebook about it was about the Google memo, and I don't want to get into that now. But changed um, the more, yeah, yeah. But at one point, he he, he asks his interlocutor on, on the internet, uh, "Have you read the Google memo?" And the person go, goes, "No." And Rita. I don't need to read the hate by the yeah, section. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right, well, you just... Yeah. You that's call the thing, it hate. That's the thing, yeah. I think people call other people, ha describe it as hate. And I think yeah. uh, and I, I think people's moralising is uh, is often damaging or annoying, but I, but I don't think many people are from themselves coming from a place of hate. I think it's quite rare. No. And that's what I'm saying when I say I have some faith in humanity to... Uh, overall do the right thing thank it, you for reminding why I brought, I brought that up because I was I'm in a slave right. but the reason I brought it up was yeah he's not giving whatever whatever you think about the Google memo if you haven't read it and call it hate yeah you're not doing the basic intellectual courtesy of another yes, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. finding out what's going on you, yeah. you, you're just fighting a tribal war yep also, you're assuming uh, yeah. the intention of the person as well. Yeah, someone just really is hate-filled. Yeah. And there's no indication whatsoever that Damore has uh, hatred in his heart. He was, just, uh, he was asked to put in suggestions. And we, we, should, we should do an episode about this. We'll do a separate I, I, I one should, on it. Because... I should read it again. Because I did read it. And, I, and, I, I would be and it's, come up, it's come up in a new way as well. He's, he's, he's published something new, I think. But um, um, that's, that's really I saw he had a press release the other day. And I uh, saw a bit of that video... But I, I wouldn't want to talk about it now because I haven't read any of that stuff. So, right. Um, yeah. 
But maybe, also, maybe also that will get more interesting as the case comes up. I don't know how sure. far away it is. Uh, my main thing really was the, was the sort of dismissing out of hand, calling it hate. I saw some of the memos though, and some of them, and they're just nuts. They're just they're oh, properly really? out there. Uh, I, I, okay, I don't want to get into. I'm about to start quoting them, but I think uh, we'll save it for that particular program. Yeah, I, but I think, I think a lot, a lot of talk it, about this. We should do it in, a, in think, an episode where we've we've read all the shit and we know what we're talking about. You know, what I think is I think a lot of morality annoys me because it feels like it's overthink and uh, and I think you can think about morality too much until it becomes. When we talk about facts changing people, I think morality starts to lead to the belief in facts. I honestly think that when people believe that they're making a point about something important, they start believing that their point is important and then they start believing that they're important. I think this is what goes wrong with a lot of discussion. Right, and, and, and psychologically you start to associate and... with the point that you've made. Yeah. And and now, so you make a point and then you're involved in an argument and now you're fighting on a hill that's made out of your point that you made. Yes. That you might, what you really should be doing is is questioning your own point and go, well, I quite agree with that. Maybe I should yeah, adjust yeah, yeah, my yeah, beliefs. Yeah. But that's not what people do. People, oh, although we're back to square one, aren't we? Because maybe they do, according to that new... Maybe that no, that but I think it still takes something very strong study. to convince people, even if that study is correct. I I just think people are, but I, I have a problem with overthinking. And I think my my theory of what's going wrong with the universities at the moment and uh, and the university, all, all the the thinks that are coming out of that is that they're just not doing the drugs they're supposed to be doing. You know, huh. I think I think it all sounds to me like the world's got or what's coming out of all that thinking is it's just it's way too sober. I did a few gigs recently for students, and they're so they were so. So, but they're not the druggies they used to be. I think all these different eras where drugs have been associated with the, the, you know, LSD was a great one for uh, ridiculously useless but interesting ways of thinking about humanity. And I think now it's it is, going to... It is definitely when you should do acid. Yeah. College. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Right. I remember watching all of Twin Peaks, right. all back to back in one sitting, which was days, right? Some of which was, was on acid. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I got a two-two. Um, <laughs> but that's that, anyway. That's that's, that's my theory. Give give the kids drugs, and the other thing I think we need another world war. But I don't know why I'm that opinion. I think most of what I'm hearing in the world at the moment is just we've gone too long without a world war and gone a bit. Just just in case you're not remembering whose voice is whose, that was Kerry Marks, <laughs> I'm Nick Doody. <laughs> And uh, I think we're ending this episode on give the kids drugs and we need another world war. And if, you, if, if you're if you a kid or somebody might be affected by a world war, please do write here. Yeah, and you can prove me wrong, but you need really good proof. <laughs> uh, Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. Have a great, um, great start to your year. Cheers. Bye. Bye.